Hey everyone, welcome to Idol Chatter, a Survivor fan podcast. I'm Laura. I'm Ashley. We're your hosts, and typically we recast each episode of Survivor, but in the off season, we are rewatching season 29, Blood vs. Water 2, and sharing recaps of episodes every week. So this week, we're here to talk about episode 5, Blood is Blood. Ooh, vicious. This episode seemed kind of anticlimactic after the gem that was last week. <laughs> the, the, the Drew Palooza. I mean, okay. I'm not going to say anticlimactic. I mean, I feel like a lot, there was a lot of action. I was having a hard time, like, trying to take notes and keeping up because there were so many switch ups, if you will. And, but it was definitely less funny, which, you know, which is a bummer. Yeah, there there was a, a lot of interesting things that happened in this episode, and we'll we'll get into it. But like specifically, because of the the shakeup, there was only one challenge. So when there's only one challenge, and it's near the end of the episode, there's so much of just talking, which I feel like is why it's kind of hard to keep up. Yeah, but I, I sure did my best. Mm-hmm. But so we we alluded to it, but if you're joining us for the first time. Um, last week there was, um, it's so, it's so hard to, to talk about it without getting fully into it, but, um, Drew threw the challenge and because he said he wanted to get the snakes out of his tribe and, uh, he was the snake who went home. So this episode opens with Blue picking up the pieces after that fallout. Um, and John was his closest ally and, John is now doing damage control um, because he's he's feeling nervous. So as Jeremy puts it, John's doing his apology tour. Yeah, because he knows he'll be going next. Yeah, because it's just funny because the Blue Tribe Hunapu, they have this was their first tribal. They had not been this entire time. So yeah. obviously, it's a new experience for all of them. And yeah, John definitely he was trying to work all of them he, he was like oh if you if you would have just told me I would have been on board and I'm like I don't know would you have been you did pick him to go to exile with your girlfriend mm-hmm. last week, but yeah you know I think there's something about John that is so genuine that when he does the apology tour it comes off way more authentic than when we've seen other people do it and I don't you know, I don't think I'm biased because it's not even, I don't dislike John, but I don't particularly, there's nothing about him that, I don't stand John the way I stand, like, say, a Wendell or a Malcolm, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, so I'm, I'm, I think I'm saying this pretty unbiased. Uh, he's, I think he's just kind of like, he seems like a really genuine, authentic dude, you know what I mean? So I... I don't not buy it, but I mean, for sure, he's also doing what he has to. Yeah, he he definitely knows what he needs to do, but I, I do think he's a nice person. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think John Keith sums it up. He goes, uh, that was a gnarly tribal. Yeah. I'm like, it sure was, Keith. Sure. Um, but so they get some tree mail, which I, I love. I love the, the tree mail references. Um. And they have to go back to the arena, as they say. Um, and so we're and, back on orange now. Yeah, and they're talking about how they're excited that they don't have to do the walk of shame for the first time. Yep. And Alec 
is super excited to potentially face off against his brother Drew because, you know, every week one loved one will go up against another for a reward. Mm-hmm. Al- Alex- Alec is ready to show Drew that, you know, he can compete. And, you know, he was in for a rude awakening there. Well, he he's talking, they're all they're all speculating who got voted out, which we don't typically see this. But um <laughs> Alex says, um, you know, that he he doubts Drew's gonna get voted out because the the blue team knows that they need him to win challenges. And it's like, little do you know, buddy. Little do you know. So we get to the challenge, or what we believe is going to be the challenge, um, and <sighs> Koyopa, the orange team, orange or yellow, I don't know. I'm going to say orange. I, I, have, they, I, have, I have thoughts about this later. We'll, we'll get to it. Okay. So so they, they start to say that, um, you know, they, they see that Drew is gone, and Alex says, I don't get it. I think Drew is one of the best players they had over there. Um, you know, Baylor looks pretty shocked. They all looked pretty shocked. But what I what I thought was a, a good moment was that, you know, Jeff says, I'm shocked that you're shocked because you have no idea what's going on. How would you know? And I think that's a fair point to make, Jeff. Oh, no, 100%. I don't think, okay, I wanted to spend a little more time on this because I thought this was like one of the most hilarious parts. Alex's face. <laughs> Baylor's, his jaw was dropped. <sighs> He was so stunned. I, I I wrote down the whole quote. It was so, I I was cracking up. Okay. I mean I don't get it. I think Drew was one of the best players they had over there, so maybe they saw him as a big threat. That must have been it. <laughs> Clearly that was it. What else could it have been, guys? Over to Blue, and I was dying. And then Baylor says Baylor shocked too, and I think Jeff says something to her, and she's like, "Yeah, I, I thought Drew was Mister Popular," and then it's Wentworth face and Wentworth is like laughing I was so weird it's so weird well it's probably because too like I don't know like you look at Drew I guess I guess he's attractive I don't know his personality takes away from it for me but I don't I spent a lot of time last week looking at Drew because if you follow us on Instagram you'll see you'll see some of the images that I put together I believe I put them in our highlights but because I was looking at Drew's modeling pics and it's like I don't know. I kept trying to be like, is this an objectively hot person? Because again, I'm no stranger to being attracted to people on Survivor, right? Like, I just, I just named them Wenzel, Malcolm, Joe before he got into like this weird cult that he's in. So, but, but when I was never attracted to Drew, to be perfectly honest, like you also like we're exposed to his ego and his personality. Yeah. I, I'm not saying if I saw him walking down the street, I would be like, "Oh my god, that guy is so hot." Well, yeah, that's I, what I'm saying. But that, I could look at him though and just be like, "Oh, like yeah, I guess he's conventionally attractive." Like it's just a sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I also look at him and I'm like, "There's something about him that I just know." You're right. You know, I, I, I feel like I just can't. I'm, I'm too close to it. I'm too close you, to it. You know, we might have to. You might have to put a picture up because no one's going to know who I'm talking about. But way back in the day, I, when I used to watch American Idol, like, back in the day. Like, I'm talking, like, not long after, like, the Carrie Underwoods and, you know, Kelly Clarkson uh-huh. it off. There was this contestant. I don't know what season it was. Like, maybe seven or something. And his name was Jason Castro. And he had dreadlocks. And 
Drew kind of has his face. I'll and look it up. And I'll put it in the in the story yeah. highlights. I feel like, but and I loved Jason Castro. My friend Chrissy, Courtney, friend of the show, we <laughs> loved him. And Drew has like a similar kind of face to him, I think. But minus so random. Yeah, I feel I see a resemblance. So at first, I was like. I think when I first watched it, I was like, oh, he kind of looks like Jason Castro. I used to love him, like, 15 years ago, whenever that was. But then, like, his personality. Like, I think personality is really important. I feel like if someone's, like, attractive and then that they're annoying or they're not very nice, I feel like that really takes away from it for me. Yeah, 100%. But, oh, I think we were just talking, Baylor was like, I thought Drew was Mr. Popular. Wentworth finds this hilarious, as do I, the viewer at home. I'm cracking up. But I think that maybe this vision of Mr. Popular, I mean, Baylor's 20 years old. So, like, maybe, like, she thinks Drew's cute. You know, he's, like... I was wondering that, too. I really was. Like, she's probably just, like, oh, like, yeah, he's the young, cute guy over there. You know, of course he's Mr. Popular. But, like, that's not how things work in Survivor, necessarily. As it, it shouldn't be like that. And it then, shouldn't be a popularity contest. And Alex probably really talked, you know, talked him up, too. He's always talking about, like... Drew this. Drew's a ladies man. Oh, yeah, exactly. Drew's a ladies man, apparently. So, yeah, I understand, like, where the shock might come from. But, again, you're getting your information from Alec, the brother. You don't have to have to deal with him. But, anyway, Drew, sad to see you go. You gave us some good sound bites, but not that sad to see you go. (laughs) Yeah. I think Baylor would be like, sad to see you go. Love to watch you leave. But, like, no, I, I, I am sad to see you go, but I also, like... Like to watch you leave because I don't want to deal with you any longer. Yeah, I was not sad. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on the same page. Um, but then Jeff drops a bombshell, which is that we're switching tribes. We're, we're dropping our buffs. So obviously, I've I've said this with every episode. Um, but I don't remember this season at all. I truly had no idea who was getting voted out tonight. But I also had no idea that we were going to be switching tribes. I honestly didn't anticipate that although you know once I start seeing it I remember it but um I knew a tribe switch was going to happen before the merge but I didn't necessarily know it was this episode mm. once the tribe switch happened I had a feeling who was going home from my memory interesting I, I did not let's go over the new tribes we got the new Koyopa the orange yellow team we have three pairs so we have Kelly Wentworth and her dad, Dale. We have Baylor and Missy. You have Jacqueline and John. And then all by his sweet little lonesome, you got Keith. It's an interesting place to be in, being the Keith. But honestly, I feel like Keith is one of the best. I feel like Keith is just going to take it in stride. and Yeah. I, I, just, I just feel like he rolls with everything. Well, something that I thought was so sweet, um, just, well, I'll, I'll say, I'll say who's on blue first, but we have, um, you only have one pair. You got Josh and Reed, and then you have all of the singles, the individual players. You have Wes, Alec, Jeremy, Julie, and Natalie. I was thinking about, this is pretty interesting. Wes and Keith, all those singles on their tribe are the only singles. They're They're the only pair that split up. Yeah, they're the split up pair. Right. So Which, is that an advantage or a disadvantage? I don't know. I think it like kind of might be because then they, I feel like the ideal situation for this game, obviously for some players like John, this is the best news you can be given because he's getting a second life at this point. For for people like, like Wes and Keith, like if you can play that right and you can, you have that 
you basically have you're able to do double duty right like because yeah. like John and Jacqueline like they are only going to get to spend it, it, it's almost like divide and conquer I think is what I'm trying to say yeah. um but I, I loved um you know Jeff asked Keith like uh, like how does it feel to be all alone and he goes uh yeah, I wish I could be with Wesley and talk a little bit. And I love that he calls him Wesley. I think it's so, so sweet. And I love that he's like, yeah, it would have been fun to talk a little bit. It's like, it's just so sweet. Love dads. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, it's funny when Jeff first asked Kelly, oh, like, you know, then there's advantages to being in a pair. But I feel like Kelly did not want to play with Dale. I don't know. It sounds it sounds like she knows her dad pretty well and she's she's very intuitive. She has a very good read on what's happening. Okay. If you were playing with your dad Doug. Oh god. Do you think your dad Doug would have made friends or enemies on the other tribe and would you want to be reunited with him? He would have made so many enemies. <laughs> Doug, like Doug is I I love my dad more than anything in this world. Um, first of all, my mom and I talk about this a lot. My dad hates to swim. He hates to get wet. In my entire life, I've seen him go in a pool maybe once. Wow. And, like, my aunt used to have, when she lived in Doyletown, they used to have a pool. We'd go there all the time. He went in the water one single time. Um, like, anytime we'd go on vacation, like, one time we did, we did a family trip to Jamaica and did, like, a waterfall climb, and he walked on the stairs next to it. Like, he hates to be wet. Um but he's he's also like and this isn't a surprise to him so I'm not like talking shit but um I mean, he's not gonna listen anyway but <laughs> he's very particular so you know I think he probably would be very similar to Dale honestly I do see I um, think my dad would be a lot like Keith and yeah. not that not that Keith is really like well okay maybe even like a little bit more of like social Keith I feel like I don't know like when people meet my dad I feel like I don't know I I feel like he's just precious and and charming Mm -hmm. but not trying to he's the opposite of a schmoozer like he's not unassuming yeah he's not trying to get you to like him it's just his personality I think he's just very likable but he can be really annoying like I mean he's my dad I can say that he can be a a nag what? If you were to go on the show with either your mom, your dad, or Brandon, who would you pick? My dad. Okay. Brandon's Good. my younger brother. Um, Brandon just doesn't really like people that much. I don't. I don't think Brandon would even. I mean, not that I'm willing to go, but I don't. I don't know. Brandon. <laughs> Brandon's pretty funny, but like he can have a temper, and my um my mom would not be able to. Not that I could rough it. <laughs> I'm not saying that I could, but. There's no way she'd be willing to do a lot of the stuff. So Jim is very handy. So I feel like he could make it outdoors. Yeah. Good choice. Good choice. So So if it was me, I feel like if I was like, if I was in the Kelly situation, like I would, I don't know if I'd be too, I don't know though. There's always a chance. I feel like the older guy always has a possibility to be on the outs just because of their age, which is a shame. Yeah. I, I, I hate that. That's one thing I hate about the show. And that's one thing that I like about, Having, I, I watched the first four or five seasons of Survivor earlier in quarantine. That's one thing that I like about the earlier seasons is you don't see the same kind of division by age that you see now. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a little bit more diverse in terms of age. Um, there's a lot more like middle-aged people too, 
Whereas now yeah. it's, it's really mostly young people and then like a handful of older people. Well, and even, yeah, I would say being super young is almost the minority in the earlier season. Yeah. It's like, oh, there, there's the young person. Then right. it's like a lot of like more, like maybe in their thirties. Yeah. Maybe forties people. And then like a couple, like even older people. So I, I wish you would get back to that a little bit. Cause I just think it's more interesting. Um, you know, I, one of, one of my biggest pet peeves is, is like when you have a, you know, that group of like pretty popular people on Survivor, like all taking a bath in the ocean together. Like it's just, it's boring to me. If I wanted to see that, I'd watch Gossip Girl. Yeah. Or like a <laughs> new show, like Fiesta Key or something. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's kind of. Summer like, House. Oh, yeah. I need to watch some of these things because a lot of I my know, me too. That, I, that I follow, like Hollaback Cards and Haters, they yeah. are always. And, and Lucy on the ground. Mm-hmm. Th- those are my three. And they're always posting it. I actually, yeah, as, as I said last week, I started watching Real Housewives because of them. So, Also, I, 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 I hate to go on a tangent, but, you know, I feel a little bit left out. And it's of my own making. But, like, a lot of the Survivor fans and, like, the Survivor community, if you will, on Twitter, they're all watching Big Brother right now. Mm. And my mom really likes big brother. She is a huge big brother fan. I'm just not willing to go on that journey right now. I have never seen an episode of big brother in my life. And it's weird because I have seen the amazing race. Mm-hmm. I like I've, amazing. I've seen it because again, like when I lived with my parents, my mom would watch it. So I, I know the lingo, like I know about head of household. That's pretty much it. That's all I know. It's like survivor, but you're in a house. It's really weird, but it's a huge time commitment. I think it's like two or three episodes a week and they're multiple hours long. I don't know. It's just too, just too much. But everybody in the survivor community, not everybody, but a large majority, they're all talking about big brother. And I'm just like, eh, I'll see you guys next year. I'm not going to, I'm just going to watch old seasons of survivor. Yeah. Thanks. That's what I'm going to do too. Good. And then we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Wait. And so, so where were we? There's a tribe swap. Mm-hmm. This, this happens. Well, and... the, so so we, we talked about the new Koyopa and what that looks like. But on the flip side, you know, Josh and Reed being the only pair on blue, like they can they can be targeted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They head back to camp. And this is when we see a huge, uh, the opposite of a similarity, a huge difference. <laughs> Disparity. Sorry, but by the by the way, to um, anyone listening, um, not to make this about me, but my husband and I closed on a house today, um, and so my brain's a little fried, but I'm I'm chugging right along. I didn't know where you were going with that. I was like, oh, I mean, Laura, I'm totally thrilled. I'm to talk about it, and I'm totally happy for you, but I didn't know where you were going with it. I was like, <laughs> okay, and like, do you guys like eat different amounts of food? <laughs> If you want to and, serve and you want to not, is it like? Um, I would say if I had to pick, I always order more food than I need. And Matt's like, you don't need that side. But then we get it. And I'm like, you're right. That was too much. Anyway, though. Okay. So basically the blue, the blue team at the blue camp, they are nearly out of rice. And the people coming from Orange, like, Josh, they're like, what were you guys doing? Like, we've been eating once a day. Blue is eating twice a day. Blue is being very liberal. Like, so 
it kind of explains why they were winning so much because they were well fed, but exactly. now they're out of food. That, that was like that. I, again, I've seen this season before more than one time, but I, I kind of forgot about that. And yeah. it does make so much sense. And also I'm just kind of questioning them. How did they think that was okay? Like, I, I, I guess I don't like it because it's kind of like Jeff is not going to literally let you starve to death. Like CBS could get in trouble if you were actually wasting but, but away. Again, like this is They're, the this is the thing though. And like season one, two, and three, like it's like fish or die. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. Yeah, there's such princesses about this. Like, yeah, or, and no, I shouldn't genderize it. They're they're just being little babies about it. Yeah, and then when yeah, Wes says that they have back at um the Cleo I, I now I'm like orange, yellow, orange, yellow, what color? But anyway, but Wes, who is newly on Hunapu, back at Koyopa, they have half a bag at least of rice, and there are mere scoops left. Yeah. At Hunapu. And he's just like, wow, no wonder they were winning. Yeah. Makes sense. Um and then at this point, we go to Jeremy, and he's not happy about the switch up because he thinks, you know, before he wasn't on anybody's radar. And this is kind of his worst nightmare because he thinks that Josh could work his magic on Reed and then he could lose Reed. Right. Which, I mean, Josh is very, very smart. So I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a totally reasonable fear to have. It, it it's mentioned briefly, and then he kind of comes back to this this idea later on, which which we'll see. But we also get a little um, intermission where we get uh, some backstory into Josh and Reed's beautiful relationship. Oh um, Josh talks about how he grew up in a conservative Christian family and community. And his relationship with Reed is really what gave him the strength to come out to his family. They've been together for two years um, and they've decided to remain abstinent until marriage. Um, you know, and it's it's tough watching this knowing that, spoiler alert, if anyone cares, like they're not together now. They both seem to be thriving. Um, oh my God, wait. Okay, they're both super fit. So fit. Josh was posting like some kind of workout the other day. And then there's this one picture when I was looking up Reed semi recently, there was this one picture of him and I was like, damn Reed. I have more to say about Reed's good looks later in the episode, but Um, um, yeah, no, that is sad. And and Josh also said too, um, that his dad was a pastor even. Not everyone agrees with how he's living his life. And that just makes me really sad. And I was getting really angry when I was watching it because it just makes me so angry that Josh can't live his fucking life without people judging him it makes me so mad it makes me mad too and you know I think you and I one of the reasons we're friends obviously and we, we we've talked about this on the show before in recent episodes is that we have similar values and I think one of those values is that love is love and anybody should be able to love whoever they want. We should all be allies for those people. Nobody should be afraid to love somebody. Um, so it, it is really heartbreaking. And I think 
I, I love that he's able to share the story in a beautiful way that like sometimes it is just about finding that person who is going to give you the safe space to be who you are. And, you know, even now knowing that that relationship didn't work out, it's like that might not have been the forever relationship, but I think being able to still honor it and see that it was a beautiful thing. I hope, I mean, we don't know, we don't yeah. know what happens, but I, I think from what we see here, it's, it's, it's a really beautiful relationship. And I'm, I'm glad that Josh was able to find that person, um, to help him, to help him come out to his family and be yeah. who he is. And also I like too, that it went from, you know, needing the strength to even come out to friends and family to, being comfortable enough to go on national television. Right. Your boyfriend. I love it. Right. I do. I do too. Yeah. Um, it was a pretty, like, uh, pretty weird cut though. Cause like all of a sudden we're talking strategy and then it's just like, here's my beautiful boyfriend. And then we switch right over to the other tribe. There's yeah. not really a good segue. It, there's no good segue from that to from talking about that to talking about the next thing because it wasn't a really good segue in the show. But yeah. I, 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 I like when they work more of that in. Again, I don't know why I keep going back to these older seasons. It just seems like there's so many parallels to draw here. But like in the older seasons, we got so much more backstory. And, um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm here for it. I like to see it. Me too. Now we're at Cuyopa and John, for one is really excited about how much rice they have. And I yeah. want to be like, well, John, you ate your way through house and home of the other beach. Like, you're going to eat all this rice too? It's just crazy. You, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of, like, when you're in a group project and some people don't pull their weight, but some people do, but everybody gets the same reward. It's like, that is, that's why I, I hate stuff that, is like that person didn't follow the rules. They ate too much rice, but now they're being rewarded with more rice because of the randomness of the universe or Jeff yeah. Probst. You know and what yeah. I mean? Exactly. Like the opposite where Josh has been conserving the rice. I mean, and, and Baylor too. And, and Dale, they haven't been eating anything. And then, Oh no, that's not true. I'm, I'm messing up the tribal lines here. So it who gets, is it? It's, it Josh, it's, it's Josh, Wes. And Baylor. And Alec, no, Baylor, Baylor's on this current tribe that has a bunch of rice. Right, right, but but she had been on the previous tribe that was. Yeah, yeah. But sorry, what I what I meant was on the other tribe that now has no rice. It's Josh, Wes, and Alec. They had been starving, and now they go to a beach where there's literally no food, and mm-hmm. they had been conserving theirs, and then they're there and screwed, and then now it's like John is over here, and he had been. I mean, and and Keith too, and Missy, and the the rice really plays a huge part in this episode. Yeah, and Kelly. Yeah, so they're all they're over there, and there is an abundance, and John's really excited about it. And I'm like, all right, buddy, calm down. Yeah, you need to ration. So he's he's happy to be you know back with Jacqueline because she understands his life, you know, and everything that's going on with his dad. And I mean, that's true. You know, some comfort. This is where, sorry, I know we keep saying this about orange, yellow. Okay, so Jacqueline's walking down the beach and she she calls them the yellow tribe. And then I'm like in my notes, I'm like, are, are J- Jacqueline calls the tribe yellow? Is it yellow? 
now that I'm examining the buff, I guess it is maybe kind of like a golden rod, but then there's orange yeah. accents on it that makes me, makes me call it orange. But it's really a, like a marigold almost. Yeah. So I I don't know. Yellow, orange. You guys know what I mean. Yeah, it's not blue. Yeah. So, um. You, you know what we're talking about. So this is when uh, John and Jacqueline are not shy with the PDA, and I get it like I just I just can't think like I'm like oh my god your breath must be so terrible like you don't have floss out here that that is gross but I mean I guess it's like true love I don't know I guess you don't care yeah I will see I I am biased because I think you would care I think you would care even if you reunited you you might do a peck but i hate pda in fact i hate da <laughs> just a yeah um, for me it wasn't like the hugging and kissing it was like at one point he was like kissing and sniffing her hair and i was just like oh my god john like chill out well because yeah. i also again not remembering how the in the start and the middle part of the show really shakes out i'm just like dude like you're gonna put a target on your back it's like i mean That's i guess it's I different because everyone knows your pairs but you know what though when I was watching it I was like wow I was like that's really disrespectful because just because you're you're reunited with your loved one doesn't mean everyone else is but really Keith is the only one without without anyone there with him yeah yeah and um Keith's face but I don't know if Keith's that bothered so I guess so but the, the show clearly wants us to think that it's weird because when when John and Jacqueline start kissing, they they start playing this like music that I don't know how to explain it, but it was like, don't 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 like awkward don't. music. Yeah, awkward music. Like, Thank you. Oh my god, awkward music. Dude, my brain is not firing on all cylinders today. <laughs> we can do this. Thanks. Um, and Baylor face. Her oh face. She just. I I was like Baylor. I am right there with you. She's and like my funny. mom and I are both single. Well, she because Jacqueline's like, you guys are gonna hate us, and Baylor's like, are you kidding me? I love it, and I'm yeah. like, do you? Enjoy. But then she does say she was like, uh, yeah, I'm just jealous. It's like they're I'm watching their honeymoon. Yeah. You know, I'm just single. I'm 20. My mom's single. I'm just here with my mom, and I'm like, Baylor, you're 20. Wait, can you I tell you mom? something funny? What? So some I had a flashback watching this episode of a conversation that happens when I was watching this live on air for the first time. So my, yeah. So my mom, myself, and then my two aunts, we have a survivor group text and obviously, okay. So it's going to be so hard to explain, but our friend Courtney is watching spoiler alert, spoiler alert, everybody. If you don't want to hear it, skip ahead. Courtney is watching second chances, which Keith is also in. And she was talking that's me watching it right now. Oh, well, okay, okay. So you were talking about Keith's reunion with Big D. Yes, yeah, that was me. Courtney <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. Though. Okay, yeah. Courtney props, though, for flying through the season. She yes. has very few left. Good job, so, Courtney. Goes to Courtney. No, so it was me. <laughs> you were talking about Big D, but at, at the time of watching this season, we didn't know, really, that Keith... We didn't know Keith's relationship status. And I remember text being in my survivor group text and one of my aunts I feel like it was my aunt Beth but I don't know somebody was like and I I don't know if it was this episode or like one of the next ones but they were like 
ooh, Keith macking it with the single mom, like Missy. <laughs> um, Missy would be lucky to have him. She sure would. She really would. We'll get to this later when we rewatch season 31 that Keith is also <laughs> on. But Keith has a wife and he loves her. And her, I think her name is Dana, but he calls her Big D. He's the most precious man. Oh, my God. Okay. You might might have to do season 31 as our next rewatch because I'm just, like, not over Keith yet. Dude, I think that we – I really think we should. Um, I don't think that Keith is really out there. Kelly Wentworth is there, too, and and Jeremy. So there's people that – among all other returning players that we love. So I don't know. It's a good option. If anyone has any suggestions, I've been throwing out season 26, fans versus favorites, too. Or game changers or second chances. So if anyone has do, any ideas. We should do an Instagram poll. Ooh, I love it. I'll work on it. Um, okay, but so you you bring up like he doesn't really care, but um he he goes, you you see this, you see this uh this footage of every all of the pairs, the six pairs uh kind of swimming in a circle together and then you see Keith off fishing by himself with his cowboy boots on and he goes it's a little weird being the odd man out I might be by myself but I got a little idle if all else fails I got the backup plan that's always an ace in the hole (laughs) I love wait do you know like I just love how Keith talks so much I actually put an extra note in here and a note to myself Keith didn't say this at this moment, but, you know, it's something that I want to share. I love when Keith says, golly, <laughs> he didn't say it this episode, but I, I just love it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, I love, like, kind of the way that all Southern people talk. I, you know, I, I guess I've, I've been told I have a bit of a Jersey accent from time to time. Yeah, but you don't have the typical Jersey accent in any way. I don't think what people think, like, when they watch Jersey Shore. Oh, for sure. But people give me shit for the way I say bagel. Oh, you say bagel? I say bagel. I know. That's the right way to say it. I think bagel is more like South Jersey Philly. Yeah. Regardless, it's 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 not as charming an accent as Keith no, Nails. Def- yeah, definitely not. I would, um, not. I'm not saying that against you. I'm saying it against myself, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're from the same place. We go back to the Blue Tribe. Um... I have a, I have my first fashion note of possibly the season. Oh my God, I don't think you've had any fashion. I don't think I have, but um, it, again, if you're if you're new here, we we did this thing when we were watching season forty um, and doing episodes for that, where we had a fashion segment. And I'm not gonna make it a special segment because I literally haven't been paying attention to it. But um, Alec has this like beaded hair thing happening. Oh, I and I thought, it. yeah, it's like, it's like three large beads. I don't know if it's tied to his buff or like he's somehow incorporated it into his long locks, but I like it. It's fun. Alec also, he makes the comment that um they have the more athletic tribe, so it's kind of boding well for them. He actually um, said maybe they won't suck like the last one. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, true. Very true. So then Natalie and Jeremy talk, and this is when kind of like more of the strategy that we were referencing earlier starts coming up. He's basically saying like, you know, they assume that Reed's going to join Josh. And the way that Jeremy and Natalie see it is like their best bet is to get Alec on their side. 
Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. I do want to say you did skip over something very crucial in before this strategic conversation happens, which is very important. Something important happens, and it's only important because it's hilarious. So Alec is just, like, laying in the um, shelter and talking to Jeremy and Natalie about Drew. And it's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I knew Drew wouldn't be able to rough it. I'm sure he got hungry and thirsty and tired and then Alec at one point is like talking to the audience like in one of his should we call it a confession you know how like in the real world they call uh-huh. it a confessional whatever he at one point flexes his guns Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah he's like he's like I've been fine I haven't been wasting away yeah yeah yeah, yeah. literally pulls them both up welcome to the gun show I didn't even notice that they were nice guns or not but it, I was just like oh my god that's so on brand for the Christie brothers. Oh my god. But the okay, brothers. so anyway, the brothers the Christie. Yeah, back to the actual important strategic conversation between Jeremy and Natalie. That yeah. makes a lot of sense because, you know, they are two singles and it makes sense to get Alec cuz, you know, I I do think that Reed could could easily flip with Josh. So, it makes sense. Jer- Jeremy goes on to kind of like make a, a firefighting metaphor. He's basically saying you have, you have the one couple, and we got to surround and drown. And it basically means that when the fire is too out of control, you don't go into the fire, you surround it, and you drown it. And it I, it, it seems like we spent a little too much time on that, but, like, sure, I guess I guess that's a good strategy. He wants to drown Alec in singles water. Yes. So Natalie talks to Alec first, and she makes the case. And um, I was dying. When Jeremy talked to Alec next, it's like away from the beach. It's like they're sitting on a rock together. And Jeremy's just like, yeah, I I still can't believe your brother. And Alec's like, yeah, I know. Jeremy's like, he didn't have the heart, man. You got the heart. Yeah, he's (laughs) trying to butter him up. Pandering to him. I love it. It's so strategic. It's hilarious because he knows what he needs to do. Yeah. Which he he, laid, he says he's going to play to his ego. And he's like, he's just like his brother. Just like his brother. It's like a little Drew, but I'm working on him. Yeah. I'm dead. He knows what he's, Jeremy knows what he's doing. Jeremy is such a good player of this game because he, he walks that fine line of being strategic without being manipulative. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you, you could see that as like, yeah, he's being... He's being strategic and he's that he's buttering Alec up, but yeah, if you had to pick between between Drew and Alec, yeah, Alec I guess has the heart. Like it's not a lie, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. But it's just like he knows what Alec needs to hear because Alec is always in Drew's shadow. Which honestly, I would say I like Alec more than Drew. You know, if you're asking me, absolutely, Alec. I think I you have my vote over Drew, Alec. I. If you needed to hear that, you got it, buddy. I, I'm rooting for you. But If you had to pick a Christy brother, I'm going to make that another Instagram poll. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, my God. I, I'm, oh. I'm interested to see how those conversations play out. Yeah. Oh, but, God. Next part. Oh, God. I, like, it's so annoying that we had to spend so much time on fucking rice. And it's no, like... I, I just want to preface this by saying, you know how in the beginning I was, like, really coming in hot that I don't like Missy and Baylor? Yeah. 
our first episode, I was just like, Missy and Baylor, I don't like them. And then every episode, I'm kind of like, wow, like, you know, Missy's, Missy's not that bad. Like, she's, she's been fine on Blue. Like, uh, yeah, Baylor's been a little shicey. Like, I didn't like what she did to Val. But, you know, I respect this other thing she did. I'm almost rooting for her. This episode is why I don't like Missy and Baylor. This, this is it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. Again, my cardinal rules of Survivor, don't eat too much rice and don't cry. So what happens here is Missy and Baylor are making the rice and they're making a lot of it. They're, they're, they're just, they're putting in so many scoops. And Dale is over in the shelter glaring at them, or as Missy says, he's monitoring me. Um, you know, this is... This I feel is like the- Baylor's like, Baylor's like, oh, like, that's not enough. That's not enough. And it's just interesting because they are on the original Coyopa that has been conserving their rice. So yeah. how is it not enough when you've only been eating a scoop a day? When your mom's here... You want her to make more? Yeah. It just doesn't really make sense because Baylor clearly knows how much they have been eating. Mm-hmm. So what has changed now? Right, right. So this is when Baylor starts to tell her mom that she says Dale's been coming for her. And, you know, Missy gets overprotective and she says, you know, blood is blood. Like, you mess with my kid, I'm going to mess with you. Dale is fucking pissed. He is furious. He is like... I was biting my hip, my lip hard enough to draw blood. I wanted to slap the bulls out of their hands. This is our camp. This is my rice. Whoo. Like, yeah, they are using too much rice. They are wasting the rice. But, like, we, I mean, we all know how it goes. But Kelly, very smartly, is like, I need to get my dad out of here. I need to take him for a walk. Um... She says so, she's waiting. She's waiting for Missy and, and her dad to get in a battle. Yeah. So and, she she tries to call calm him down, and she's like, "Yeah, it's annoying, but like you creating drama isn't gonna do you any favors. Fighting over a scoop of rice could get you boated out of this game." Yeah, and put it. Yeah, put a bullseye on his back and her own. She does say when she's leading Dale out, like, in her, like, confessional type thing, she's like, you know, Missy plays the mom role, but she can be a bit of a diva, and my dad's mm-hmm. a small-town, hard-working farm man, and he doesn't deal with that kind of stuff. And it's true. So she's smart to, like, remove Dale from the situation and try to talk him down and stuff. She says she's going to play the peacemaker. Yeah. She, she, she's showing she, – she's really, she's really put in a tough position. Um, ugh, God. And then Dale says – about He's, Missy. He says she's a self-centered, bossy bitch. I wish he didn't say bitch, but I'll agree with the other adjectives. Yeah. Again, we kind of touched on this last episode, and we could probably talk about this for like 30 minutes. But there is, as a woman, there is a huge difference in different usages of the word bitch. And you, it's just kind of something that you know in your gut if it's okay or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And this this certainly doesn't feel as bad as when Drew says it in the last episode. When he's like, these bitches are just going to come crawl into us. Because that was just disgusting. Yeah. Um, but this doesn't, this yeah, doesn't feel like- great either. I didn't, I didn't appreciate yeah. this either. And I think it's because it's like too two usages in back-to-back episodes that 
it just kind of got me thinking. And I think had I not watched it right before we started recording, I would have been able to like flesh these thoughts out a little bit more. But it just it does make you think about the polarities of gender on Survivor. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you have. Yeah. Is Missy putting too much rice in the pot? Yeah. But then she's called a bitch. But then you've, you've also seen plenty of seasons when a dude is off the rails and taking too much food. And like, yeah, he's targeted, but he's not called a name. You know what I mean? No, I know exactly what you're saying. I don't like Dale's choice of words and stuff. I understand his sentiment. I, I can, I know yeah. he's mad and stuff. And I, I get where he's coming from kind of but I feel like luckily he said that just to his daughter and not to everyone for sure for sure and I it yeah so it, it's not as egregious to me as as what when Drew said it but I I am just like damn Dale that's not a good look like yeah you know it, it, it sucks when someone's mess when somebody has the correct message but the delivery ruins it Exactly. What I want to <sighs> say about this whole like Missy and Baylor thing is, I think the reason that this is where they lose it for me, because again, like I really don't have that many problems with them leading up to this episode. I did have some problems with Baylor, but then eventually, when they ended up, you know, kind of uniting to get rid of John Rocker, I was on board with her again. Obviously, like, my judgment was clouded just because I've seen this before. So I know, I knew what was to come, but I couldn't remember the specifics of it. I knew I ended up not liking the two of them, but I I didn't know exactly why. But I guess for me, my parents, I'm not saying my parents don't have my back, but whenever I have a conflict with someone, like, at work or a friend or at school, like, my whole life, my parents always kind of put it in perspective for me, like, oh, well, what did you do? So for Baylor to be like, Dale's been gunning mm-hmm. one, and Missy's like, that man's, you know, going after my kid, that guy that's picking on her. Missy doesn't know the truth. It, it, it's 100% true that Baylor is the one, even though Dale made that fire the first day by breaking his glasses, She Baylor is the one it said that they should vote Dale out and then she ended up flipping and going against the girls. That's a hundred percent true. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's like a totally valid point. I've just and, been friends in not... high school, like where their parents, like I would see them like in high school, like a friend group would get in a fight and I would be there and the girl would be like, mom, this girl did this to me. And the mom would be like, Oh my God, it's okay, honey, you're perfect. Or like, I got a bad grade. It's okay, honey. You're perfect. And I'd be like, well, no, like they kind of like didn't do their homework or like, no, they, they actually like did this other thing to the girl. And like, I'm just thinking of it objectively. I think it really helps me not, I don't know. It, it makes me look at things differently. Cause I didn't really ever have that growing up. Well, you know, not, but you're kind of looking at it from like the parental side of it. Right. But totally that aside, it's not a great move for your game. Like being a good survivor player is looking at things from every angle and understanding every single relationship on that beach. So the fact that she wouldn't even take a step back and just be like, I hear you, I believe you, but like, tell me the full story. 
again, don't want to ruffle feathers. Like, who, yeah. what, what if, what if, like, Kelly Wentworth was, like, a, you know, not to take anything away from Drew, but <gasps> the kingpin of her tribe. Yeah. You know, you don't know. So if you're letting your feelings of this man picking on your daughter in quotes, because it's, it's really not necessarily true. If you're just letting that cloud your judgment, how can you play a good game? Absolutely. It's a very fair question. Yeah, this <sighs> was a rough scene for me. Yeah, going back to uh, to rice discussions, we go back to Blue, and they're basically out of food. Josh is appalled by the rice situation, and again, I'm just thinking, like, have you tried catching any fish at all? Whatever. Um, they, they're talking about how their only real choice here is to try and trade a reward for more rice. Um you know, Alec is like, what other choice do we have but to talk to Jeff? And and Reed's like, this isn't a survivor market. Like, Jeff's going to laugh at us. Yeah. Um, they also are staring at vultures, like, literally. Yeah. And, and then I think Reed's like, I'm, I'm staring at a rotisserie chicken. I'm so glad that they didn't try and eat a vulture. That would have been disgusting. I think, I think Drew said, or, oh, my God, Drew. Not Drew. Alec said something. It was kind of funny, like. It, it, like the payoff's not worth worth it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He was he was like the reward. It it's not. Yeah, he's like the reward isn't worth the risk. Yeah. This is when okay. This is when I started getting a little punchy because I was like, it's been so long without a challenge that I was like, not. I wasn't getting bored. I could watch this show all day, but I mean, I was getting bored. I was just like, we've literally just been spending forty minutes talking about rice. Yeah, it's it's time to move on. We get yeah. to the challenge. Uh, do you want to describe it? Because it, it's kind of a confusing one. There's a lot of moving pieces. Basically, the whole tribe participates in the whole thing. So it starts off that the whole tribe is digging in the sand. There, there's like a circle outlined in the sand. They are digging, trying to find a bag of keys. Once they find their bag of keys, they open a gate. They go through. Then they have to... Okay, I'm lying. They first have to crawl through the mud. And yeah, then, under, like, a ladder obstacle. Yeah, and it's so muddy, so dirty. They have to all crawl through the mud, unlock a gate, and then they get to this, it's like a bucket on a stick, and there's sandbags in the bucket, and there's also a bunch of hay in there. And so they shake it until the sandbags, like, fly out of the top. Then they have to collect them, and then they shoot, it's like, there's a structure in front of them that has a rope hanging down with a little platform and they need to land the sandbags on this the, platform. They have to get ten Yeah, it kind of looks like um you see them you see them a lot now. Well not a lot, but they're they're like little like it looks like one of those swings. You know? Have you ever seen a swing like that? Um so. I think I, I've seen them for like kids and stuff, but it's like a circle. Yeah, whatever. You get it. It's a platform. They have to land ten bags. That's that's all you need to know. But, you know, the platform moves. It could be a little difficult. Like, you throw one bag, it gets some momentum, like a little pendulum-type situation, and you know, right. they have to keep throwing. But that's about it. They start digging, and, um, like, sometimes with these challenges, like, they're pretty easy to find. But this one, like, these, bag, this, these bags were buried, and... Blue blue gets theirs not right away, but they but they get it. But orange, orange yellow is having the hardest time finding their bag. 
And Blue, in fact, like, they get through the mud obstacle to the next part, and Orange is still digging. Yeah, they get through. Basically, when they are opening the gate to get their sandbags from the bucket and on the stick situation, Orange just finds their keys. So they still have to go all the way through the mud and unlock the gate. So then at that point, Blue ends up getting all of all 20 of their sandbags and starting to shoot. Mm-hmm. So they're landing. Wes and Jeremy are the ones throwing. Yeah. They are on, I'm pretty sure they're on number eight or nine by the time orange or, or yellow. I don't mm-hmm. know. Listeners, please let us know what color do you think it is. Yeah. What's um, another poll? But by the time they even end up getting to the throwing part, it's over. Yeah, it was it was one of the biggest blowouts we've seen this season, with the yeah. exception of Drew throwing the ch- even Drew throwing the challenge was not as much of a blowout. Yeah, it wasn't. Then Reed asks if he can talk to Jeff. Yep. Yeah, lets him know that they're they're out of food and he wants to trade for a bag of rice. Um, and it's funny, Jeff like really calls them out and it's like, wow, so people that, you know, didn't make this choice, they they need to pay for it. And I was dying. He, I appreciated he, that. Jeff was like, that invoice will be steep. So yeah. Jeff's gonna come visit them. Jeff's like, I have a tribal to deal with right now. Jeff was now. like, I can't even deal with you right now. I, I love that. I love to hear. Yeah. He was like, so you at least have a little bit for tonight. You'll be fine. Yeah, I have a tribal to deal with, but that invoice will be steep. Yeah, no, I, I love that. He's like, I'll see you in the morning. Um, it, it, I mean, and, and well said, Jeff. Well said. And I also, I liked how the, the blue team, they're like, we, were, we won this challenge on adrenaline alone. And it's like... All right, like yay okay, to so one day you didn't eat that much. All right, most of you've been fueling up the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, one thing to note too that Jeff points out, and I thought was a, a smart observation, is that it's kind of ironic that the tribe that has three pairs of loved ones lost because this wasn't a super physical challenge, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you had to do some physical stuff, but. But really, like, what seemed, I mean, it took them a long time to dig their bag out. And that, you know, I don't know that there's, like, could they have done that better? But this the part that seemed, like, that they could have caught up on that they got stuck was when they were trying to jiggle the pole to get the, the bags down. And it seems like they weren't talking to each other there. So it was kind of ironic, like you'd think that they would have, because they had the three pairs, there would be better communication and better just like synergy. But there wasn't. And they got to go to tribal. And on, on the walk back, Julie's saying, you know, she's scared. You know, what what's Jeff going to take from them? Julie's only airtime, really, of the entire episode. Yeah, that's just true. Just wanted to know Wait. That- Wait a minute, that's not her only airtime because we oh. also see them walking back. And okay, so I only know this because um my husband Matt doesn't typically watch these episodes with me. He watches Survivor Live when it's like a new season, but he doesn't like watch these episodes with me for this podcast. 
but he we he happened to be watching this one and he noticed that um you know they're walking back and they're all covered in mud so you literally can't make out anything on their body but they had a blurred out Julie's boob because I think her nose was out a little bit and I wouldn't have noticed it because again they were covered in mud so it wasn't like the blur wasn't as obvious as when they're not covered in mud but Matt was just like boobs blurred Oh my god. Thank you, Matt, for that thought <laughs> yeah. of yours. Yep. Um, okay. <laughs> so Hold on one. we get back to Koyopa, the orange yellow team, and Keith says, These three couples must be gunning for me, but you know, he's kind of hoping that maybe one pair won't like the other. And this is when I started to get a little bit nervous because I was like, Keith, please do not play your idol if you don't have to. Oh, yeah. Um, that would have been bad, but so we start to see, you know, the relationships emerging. Dale very clearly hates Missy and Baylor. Yeah. Well, Dale even says to us, you know, it's important to get another couple on board with you. Um, and he says, you know, Missy's very pushy and and Baylor changes her vote, which is all true. I mean, Baylor is a major flip flopper. Yeah. It's not Uh, not true at all. He wants to work with John and Jacqueline, and he refers to it all as Scramble City. I think that's that's a good name for it. Yeah, so so John and Jacqueline very early become kind of the swing votes, right? Like, they're very much in the middle. Nobody's, nobody's really looking at Keith because everybody's kind of thinking a step ahead, and they're realizing that if they vote out Keith, the next tribal, they're going to have to turn on each other. And also, like... Getting Keith on on their side isn't as powerful as getting another pair on their side, right? So, like... I mean, also, the disdain between Missy and Dale doesn't hurt anything either. Absolutely. The two of them are kind of just, like, the other is, like, public enemy number one. Yeah, so it's kind of like, I think it's twofold, right? It's like, Keith isn't being targeted because Keith isn't... He doesn't do anything to rock the boat. He's a nice, likable guy who's at least trying to fish, and, um, you know, it's there's this animosity between Missy and Dale. So, you know, first we see the Wentworths and uh, and the Jacqueline and John. I was going to say the, the Mishas, but they're not married at the time. Um, but we see them talking, and that, that seems pretty amicable. So, like, I... Yeah. Um, but then, you know, John and Jacqueline are talking amongst themselves, and they say that and they... Say before that, though... So Dale is like telling John about how the first vote went with Baylor right. about how, how she switched, how she is the one that put his name out and she switched her vote to Nadia. And it, yeah. it is 100% true. And then I feel like they're like, I think John to Kelly is like, well, what about Missy? And then Kelly's kind of like, you know, she, she's kind of the same. And I don't know. They have good points. I, so again, not knowing how this episode ends, I was like, that's a solid four right there. But then, you know, John and Jacqueline go off and they're like, well, we need to, we need to figure out what's best for us. We need to talk to everybody, get to know people, see who is our best option to work with. So, you know, we do see them have a conversation with Baylor and Missy. Still, no one's mentioning Keith's name. So I'm, I'm happy about that. I am. I am relieved and happy about that as well. Missy suggests to Jacqueline that they split the vote. Jacqueline doesn't trust Baylor, but she's like, you know what? Dale's pretty sneaky too. 
Well, before this vote, we we need to before the splitting the vote conversation goes, it kind of opens up with Taylor being like, "Yeah, but you know, the beginning sucks. I I had to go with the guys." Which made it look like I was against the girls, which sucks because I love you, Jacqueline. I'm like, yeah, no, that literally isn't. That's just not true. Like, if all the girls had voted to get, I I just don't think it went that way. I think Baylor was being super sneaky and super shady in that first vote because she even she even got a vote. Josh yeah. didn't even vote with the guys. Josh right. voted for Baylor that first vote. She did not need, she could have voted Dale out. She could have stayed with the girls. And yeah. she chose not to and go with the guys. The relationship with Baylor and Jacqueline's like pretty awkward. Yeah, Jacqueline thinks she's shady because she is. She is shady. Yeah. So that's kind that's kind of all we see. And then we get we get to tribal. Yeah. Oh no, there's a couple. I, I listen, I was taking some notes. There were some. Damn, things. dude. All right, yeah. light, light on me. So Missy does say something that I think is kind of true. She does say to Jacqueline and John that Kelly and Dale are two big threats because they're smart. And Kelly Wentworth is super smart. And I don't know, Dale could be pretty smart too, but Kelly Wentworth is a genius and I'll stand by that. But one thing that Missy said I didn't like is Kelly Kelly, like walked off into the woods or something and she was like, oh, she's off looking for an idol. She's so desperate. Like, okay, like, yeah. number one, what, how do you know what she's doing? And, like, you're not desperate. Like, you're so, like, in with John and Jacqueline because they were having a similar conversation. Like, why are you so confident? I mean, it did, it did uh, work out that way, but I don't know. It was just a little arrogant. And then, wait, at the end, Keith pops up to Missy and is like. <laughs> he's oh, like, we literally haven't seen Keith this whole time. Yeah, Keith just pops up, even though he's the one that, you know, should potentially be in danger. And he's like, talk to me. We all good? Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I loved yeah. it so much. Oh my god. So, I mean, I'm glad. I'm I'm glad my my precious Keith seems to be safe. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now now after I've aired all my grievances with Missy, we go to tribal. We go to tribal. Jeff starts by talking to Keith, and he's like, Keith, like you're you're uh, the the lone ranger here on this tribe. Keith says, you know, it seems like it has its good and bad. You know what I'm getting at? And Jeff's like, I mean, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. Again, just like you said earlier, it's the way he talks. That he there's just no no pretense. He does not act like a person who's being filmed for a TV show. He literally is talking to Jeff freaking Probst, like he's talking to any Tom or Harry on the street. You know what I yeah, mean? I love it. I love it so much. Um. So they, you know, they start talking about how all the couples are kind of scoping each other out. Dale says that him and Baylor have a rocky relationship. Um, they're talking about John and Jacqueline. And oh. Dale goes, yeah, they're the hottest couple. Wait, did Dale say it or did Kelly? He goes, they're the Dale hottest. Said. Dale said it. He goes, they're the hottest couple in camp right now. <laughs> Baylor goes, they're the hottest couple, period. And- <laughs> Jacqueline and John laugh, and then John kind of has this, like, smug face, and I'm like, okay, John. Well, did you catch earlier when they were in the water? When Okay, when Keith was off fishing alone, and the six of them, like, the couples were in the water, someone said, oh, you look like Brad Pitt to John. And he was like, are you joking? I'm way more attractive than Brad Pitt. And clearly he's joking, but, like, kind of he still thinks he's kind of hot, you know? (laughs) 
Yeah, and again, like I said earlier, obviously John is a very objectively attractive human, but um, I, I guess he's just not my type. I don't yeah. know. Oh, no. I guess it's funny because I think there are so many people that are used to being so conventionally attractive. They should, they think everyone thinks they're like hot. Mm-hmm. And I, it's not necessarily true. Yeah. But, but I, I don't think John, I don't think John is no Drew. Like he's not. <laughs> I really no, he's not arrogant. No, I don't think that. But I think he knows he's good looking and stuff. Sure. I, I think that he genuinely is just like me and Jacqueline. We are like the. Because he played football, right? Like, we're the, like, Michigan football player and, like, the Miss Michigan and, like, we're, like, kind of like Ken and Barbie. But they love each other. Like, they have a very, like, strong relationship, too. It's not... They're very cute. Oh, you know what I forgot to mention? And maybe I'll I'll save this, or I should save it, but I won't because this is our show and we like to go on tangents. I started... I, I had got all caught up on my podcast this week and I wanted to listen to something Survivor related. And I started to listen to the episode of Off the Vine, Caitlin Bristow's podcast, oh. where she had Jacqueline on. And they talked about Survivor a teensy little bit. And then they, she talked about her and John, because you know, she was talking about how her and John went on together. And, and she was talking about how, like, before this, like, they had both worked a lot in, like, the restaurant world of, like, hospitality, which mm-hmm. makes sense, because that's, like, you know, you see hot people doing that but um then they started mostly just talking about wine and to be honest like I didn't finish it because I was like I wanted to hear the juicy deets about Survivor and not like you know wine I mean I like to hear about that too well whatever maybe I'll finish later but I don't know anything about wine like yeah I I just like know that I made really strong sangria last weekend and it was delicious yeah a little deadly I like to drink it but I don't really care about the notes but so then this is when we start getting into the Baylor of it all. Missy's talking about how she is going to be a mama bear. And, you know, Dale, you came after my kids. So, like, uh, what do you expect me to do? And then this is when Dale's like, um, she came after me first. I think Kelly, I think Kelly pointed out. Yeah, she pointed out that Baylor and her dad didn't get along. But, yeah, I was glad that it was at least acknowledged that Baylor kind of started it. She 100% did. It, that's just annoying. Like, don't, like, have your kids back, but don't blindly believe that they are blameless. That doesn't do anyone any favors. Going into adulthood, mm-hmm. it, you know, I think I think when people talk about, like, millennials and participation trophies and stuff like that, I think that it's the same thing with that kind of, like, parent and I don't know what kind of parent Missy is survivors a different world you know I'm not saying that Missy treats Baylor like that all of the time but I just don't think it does you any favors if someone's blindly telling you you're right and having your back without hearing both sides of the story absolutely Jeff Jeff kind of pivots to Keith and he's like you know Keith like as a parent like you you got to feel for these people and you know he says yeah i'm with missy and with dale and the, you know, this is when they, they kind of have a conversation that now with this tribal merge well not a merge but this tribal switch it's tricky because before you were voting off somebody's loved one but you didn't have to go back to camp with them yeah now if you vote out somebody from one of these pairs you need you have to face the other 
part of the pair, and that is awkward AF. Because in a normal season, again, if you're brand new to this and you're just listening, typically a normal Survivor season, very rarely are there people who know each other, know each other. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, by very rarely, I mean the only other thing would be people that played in the past together. That's no, what that's what I'm thinking. Real, yeah. No actual well, real life bonds, with the exception of the original Blood versus Water season. Or, but like you know, winners at war, like Robin Amber. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it, it does happen occasionally, but typically it's strangers. Anyway. Oh wait, and the best part though is when Jeff's wrapping up that conversation with Keith and he's talking about how like, you know, couples can pair together and stuff. And, you know, Keith's votes, not enough. Keith just goes, Roger. Yeah. I love that too. Roger. 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 Literally. I think when he said it, I re I rewound it to make sure I heard right. And then I like <laughs> put my hand up to my forehead and like, like saluted. I was like, Roger that. Cause you can tell Jeff like wanted to get more out of him, but Keith was just mm-hmm. like, yep, that sounds good. Love it. You know, you know, don't overcomplicate things. Don't give CBS what they want. Yeah. Well, have you ever heard, like, when you're being interviewed, never repeat what they say because that's what they'll use as the sound bite? Mm. Um, that happened. I haven't to me heard one time. that, but it makes it makes sense. It happened to me one time. I was at I was at work, and LL Bean did this like outdoor workspace pop up where you could like what? Have you, have you told me this before? I don't know. It was a lot. It was a couple years ago and me and my coworkers went and there was a news crew there and they filmed us. And the, then the reporter was like asking me a question and she was, cause the, the, the whole thing was like, we had this, this table, but you could bicycle at the same time. It was stationary, but so you were pedaling while you were working. Ooh. And, um, the, the reporter was like, you're kind of killing two birds with one stone, right? And I was like, yeah, two birds, one stone, exactly. And then I went on to say some more, but they just, they, that's all they took. Well, at least they didn't feed you something awful. Yeah, I should have just been like, Roger. <laughs> Roger. <laughs> oh, my God. But, also, yeah. did you hear me when you were like, oh, it's like you were biking while you worked? And I, I literally went, ugh. So that, yeah, I did. That that's where I am right now at this point. Do you know I bought a, I bought a spin bike and then it was like just recently assembled and I still haven't like once I go on it like one time, like oh I did kind of try it out, but once I get in a routine it'll be fine. But I'm still like scared of it. Selfishly, I'm like maybe this will be like the trampoline. It'll become mine in five years. Oh my god, I don't know. It was a little expensive. I yeah, I'm teasing I actually, you. I like. Like, I used to like going to spin class at the gym. I liked it because it was in the dark and stuff, and it's not, like, that challenging. I think, though, just because, like, I'm working working from home, and, like, it's in the room, and my mom, we have, like, an, it, it's, like, open the kitchen and, like, the family room where the bike is right now, and my mom's there, and she's, like, there all the time, like, pretty much 24 hours of the day. She sleeps on the couch, like... No, it's no reflection of my parents' marriage, but she literally just, like, doesn't think their bed is comfortable, and she likes to stay up late watching, like, watch what happens live and real housewives and stuff, and married at first sight. Mm -hmm. And my dad doesn't like to do those things. He likes to watch his own stuff, so she ends up just, like, staying down there, because she's there all the time, and I just, I need to get on the bike. That's that's my goal for next week. If if you can ride a bike while you work and get interviewed by L.L. Bean, I can get on the bike. I have the news clip somewhere in a video 
I'm off all next week. I'll try and put it in our Instagram highlights. I'm sure the people want to know. Yeah, all my fans. Um, okay, so let's get to the vote. Okay, so the vote is going to go Taylor, Kelly, Taylor, Kelly, Dale, Dale, one vote left, Kelly. Dude, I was shocked. I did not think Kelly went home this early. I didn't know because here's the thing. Kelly Wentworth, spoiler alert, ends up becoming a pretty iconic player. Like, she comes back two more times. And here, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm hesitating to say this because I feel like it's going to be kind of controversial. But, like, to this point, I kind of don't see what all the fuss is about. Like, I feel like... To this point, everyone's had an inkling that Kelly is a really good player. Like, she's very she's very quiet but observant, but not quiet in a way that she's not doing anything. Like, she notices every little thing. But we haven't really seen her make a huge move. So, I guess, and I guess we just have to understand that we only get what CBS is giving us. For sure. That- so many, like... Drew, Drew was targeting Kelly and like Missy today was like Kelly and Dale are smart and she doesn't know Dale so she's saying Kelly's smart right so so with all of this in mind I have to believe that the producers were like damn we didn't want her to leave she was really good she was really good at being on TV we want to have her back this is unfortunate that she got voted off you know what I mean and she does come I mean it is it's actually in two seasons from now that she comes back so I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have her. Oh, my God. I, I just watched this season. I, I really don't know why. I think it was just like I needed more Keith in my life. I don't know. But I want to watch it. Can we watch it next? I, I would be down. All I'm, right. Oh, I don't want to commit, though, because it is a few more weeks that we have to do this. So Yeah, we, we have the prerogative to change our mind. But um, yeah, Missy's face, make, she has a very smug face, and it makes yeah, Dale is very clearly pissed. Kelly's very clearly pissed. Yeah. It's so funny, like, on the way out in Kelly's, like, exit interview, if you will. She's like, I almost wish I didn't play with my dad. There's more of a hindrance. It's kind of unfair because, you know, the the issue was with Dale, but Kelly's the one that paid the price. Exactly. Like, and that's... I understand why she was hesitant to play with her dad. Yeah, so so it's it's definitely a fair point that that you know for Kelly playing with her dad, like she's the one that paid the price for his actions. But I'm excited to see that unfold next week because this wasn't this was I don't know this wasn't my favorite episode. Yeah, I was like angry a lot of the time. Yeah. So this is the part of the show where we name an MVP of the episode. There's not a ton of standouts for me, but I do, I don't know. I, I have one, but I, again, there wasn't anyone that truly shined, in my opinion. I have two, so you do your one, and then I'll do the other. I have one, and I have an honorable mention. Okay. So, you know who I thought kind of started to shine, not started, but continued? I thought Jeremy did pretty well here, because... You know, he... That was he, mine. Okay, yeah, yeah. He starts... I like that you can see that he's really thinking things through. Like, he... You know, him and Natalie start having that strategic conversation about getting Alec onto their side. And, 
you know, how before he was kind of cruising under the radar and now he kind of has to like start thinking big picture. Like I just thought the way that he is explaining it, the way that he's using his real life experience to translate to the game. Like I think he's making all the right moves and saying all the right things. Yeah, definitely. Um, My other one, it's not that they did that much, but I'm going to say like John and Jacqueline as a pair Mm -hmm. were in a comfortable position and I will say not it's not a spoiler at all but even though I do not like it one bit I think I think going with Missy and Baylor was good for their game versus going with Dale and Kelly because Dale and Kelly aren't really like a united front you know I think that Kelly had these reservations about playing with her dad and Kelly is, I think Kelly could have made it to the end. If, if Dale got voted out, I think Kelly could have made it to the end. Maybe. Yeah. Like, My other... to happen. And I, I, th- I think that was a smart move. I think that they, as much as I don't like it, I don't want Missy and Pillar to be rewarded. I, 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 think they, I think that they did weigh their options and I think that they did make the right choice by picking Missy and Bella for themselves I agree my honorable mention would be Keith just for the fact that like you know for somebody else in his shoes he could have been an easy vote and you know I think it just goes to show yeah part of it was the strategy behind you know breaking up a couple but I think part of it too is just that he's like a likable guy that nobody wants to get rid of yeah participation trophy for Keith (laughs) yeah um all right so now is the part of the show called luxury items which is a play on an old aspect of survivor where people could bring something personal like a journal or a book we use it to talk about things that we are into outside of survivor or sometimes within the survivor world just not this season it's funny i initially thought i didn't have anything to share but i do have a couple of things Okay, good. Because, well, it's funny because we're, it, it is now Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we are planning on recording tomorrow morning, which, I mean, if we had recorded tomorrow morning, I'm sure I would have consumed some more content tonight right. to speak about. But, I'm, I mean, I'm glad that we did it tonight. Now it's like, well, your weekend is going to be very busy. With me. I have, yeah, I have two things and they kind of tie together. The whole theme is like, we bought a house, but... So about a house, and the first luxury item I want to say um, is that it's not a, a thing that you you can consume, but I would say, like, when everyone's like, oh, like, let me know if you need help or whatever, like, so appreciated. Um, but I specifically wanted to say, after this podcast, we're going to get rid of Samita's, and she's going to make dinner. And it's just, like, the way she said it, she was like, why don't you just come over for dinner? Because, like, you're not going to be, like, you're not going to have your stuff, like – it was just like a nice offer and just like knowing that we we're going to have a busy day of like closing and painting and that I didn't have to think about it. It was just like so kind. I really appreciated that. I don't know how I'm going to phrase that on my Instagram slide, but. You could just be like best friends. Yeah, friends. My luxury friends. items is friends. Friendship. Um, the other thing is I was, ha- I'm still watching Heart of Dixie, which is the show that I mentioned last week. Um, but earlier this week, I was having trouble sleeping because I was just feeling anxious about closing. I was like, I can't sleep. Like, what do I do? And I decided to download a book on my iPad. Um, and I downloaded this book called 
The Girl from Widow Hills by Megan Miranda. She is one of my favorite authors. She writes these like thrillers. My favorite of all time of hers is called All the Missing Girls. Have you read that? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I've read most of hers. I think I still have a couple I need to read, but this is her newest one. And it was pretty good. I mean, like, I think to an extent they get a little predictable. Like, it's the same, like... Well, once you've read a... There are some of those standout thrillers, too. Like, I feel like... Like, Gone Girl. You know, that was later made into a movie. Yeah. By Jillian Flynn, right, is her name? Yeah. But, like, I feel like for me, Gone Girl was like, wow. And then occasionally there are some thrillers like that that I'm like, wow. But then, yeah, if you... I haven't been reading that many. So I feel like I've actually been wanting to pick one up. And so maybe I'll do that Megan Miranda one. I oh, Can I recommend a different one to you? Is it? What, what is it? I don't know. I, I want to think about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, okay. But like well, the girl from- called The Guest List by Lucy Foley that I think- I want to read that too. Let's read it together. Can we read it together? Book Club? Yeah. United? Please. Um, no, girl, the girl from Widow Hills, it was like, it was good. It wasn't like, like you said, a lot of them are kind of followed the same format. It's not like revolutionary or anything. I, I don't know. But the reason I put it on my luxury items is because it was a good book. My, my, I think my luxury item overall is Megan Miranda books. I think they're really good. It's it's just a quick read. It it feels like a nice win. That's all I got. I could say more, but I'm going to leave it at that. Okay, well, I, wow, it's really weird. We're not talking about TV shows or mm-hmm. Instagram, but mine is actually a book, too. Oh, my God. It's actually two books, and I'm okay. going to, yeah, which is, wow, it's, we're so studious. Yeah. So smart for a Slytherin and a Hufflepuff for <laughs> a couple of Ravenclaws this week. Um, So I have not been reading this entire quarantine, which it, I guess we're not even really in quarantine. We're in like partial no. quarantine because we're still working from home. But I, it's funny at the beginning, I read a few books and I was like, I'm going to read so much. And I feel Me like it, it was just like too much pressure on myself. It lost its fun and I just wasn't reading at all. But for some reason, I have like, we have an app through the library called Overdrive or Libby where you can download books, like eBooks from the library. And I have barely been using it. My friend, Danielle, I actually gave her like my library card. And so she can use my account also. And I can't remember if this is a book that I actually put on the list or she did, but um, it's called The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. Oh, that looks good. I read her previous book, The Mother's. I, I, I haven't read anything by her, and I'm pretty sure this is a is a Reese Witherspoon yeah. book pick. And I'm not done the book yet, but I've been reading it the past few days, and it's it just I don't know. It's really I I can't say anything, but I think in general reading is going to be my my luxury item because it's so nice to get back into it when it's been a while for me. So now I'm excited about starting to read again dude absolutely and it's funny that you that you bring this up because I've been feeling the same way that I I thought I'm gonna read so many books during the pandemic but for me I I was finding that the reason I couldn't do that is because everything going on in this world everything it makes me so anxious and yeah you can get lost in a book sure 
but it's a lot harder to like quiet your mind. And it's like TV can be mindless. So you can literally turn your brain off, not think about all of the terrible problems, the pandemic, et cetera. Whereas a book, it's literally, you can't turn your mind off to read a book. I agree. I think it's and definitely easier to watch like watch TV. It's the same thing. We, we talked a, a while ago about how we, we are not listening to as many podcasts either. I mean, that's partially because of driving, but I mean, that's why I think I haven't been able to read any books, but I, I do, I really do want to pick it up. I haven't, I, 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 I will read the occasional book on my iPad for sure, but I do love a physical book and I haven't been letting myself buy any before the move because I'm like, I'm not going to buy books here to have to lug them somewhere else. So I think next week I might treat myself. You deserve it. Thanks, Ashley. And I, I guess just piggybacking off of this being a Reese Witherspoon book club, I think in general, Reese's book club is... It's fire. So many good books like that I've read have come from... I just follow her on Instagram and I'm like looking forward to the next pick. Yeah, every... It's almost... I almost like hate how good she is at picking books because I want to... I want to be like Reese. Well, you know what? She, I did read one of hers recently. What was it called? The Secrets We Kept or something. And that one I was not as much of a fan of as her other books, but that's because the style had like multiple uh, viewpoints, multiple storylines. You don't like that. I remember we talked. That's why I feel like sometimes Megan Miranda books have that, don't they? Or no? Not usually. Oh, okay. I think maybe that's why you like them so much. Yeah, yeah. I like one narrator and one narrator only. Occasionally, I don't mind if it's like, um, you know, a romance and it's like goes back and forth from the girl and the guy or whatever. That's fine. Sometimes if it's done well. But generally, I like one person telling me my story. Yeah, and that's why, because I think that a lot of times when I'm reading thrillers, they switch perspective a lot. And that's probably why. But yeah. yeah. Just like Reese is a person too. I don't know. I feel like she has really fire book club picks and also just, you know, the work that she does as a producer and stuff and the stories that she chooses to tell, like um, little fires everywhere, big little lies. And I, I I don't know. She's just, I feel like she's just a good feminist. Yeah. And I think there's definitely like some diversity in her book club too. Just the authors that she Um, chooses, I feel like are, are pretty diverse. Do you so. ever feel sad that her and Ryan Phillippe aren't together anymore? Um, no, because I feel like he was a cheater and oh, held he her back. I, I think he was. I think he was a cheater. I think you're right. I feel like he like cheated with the nanny or something. Ab- no, I think he cheated with that actress Abby Cornish. Oh wow, you really know your stuff. I don't know why. You know what? I think this happened during a time that I was like really big into that website, Perez Hilton. No, oh, yeah. Have you ever heard or, of it? Yeah. No, but I mean, is, is he even still a thing anymore? Mm, not as much as he was, but I think most people our age probably know who he is. I know who he is, but I used to, like, actually read it. But he was mm. actually, he was a big bully. Yeah, he was he kind of draw, problematic. He used to draw penises on people's face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh, God. God. But, yeah, so I, I feel like just books, Reese Witherspoon... Yeah. Um, and then I, I really will quickly say that this happened last week, but I feel like we got carried away at the end of the episode and I was like, I don't want to add another one, but I just am a collector of things, but in a bad way, I like, I feel like I have a little bit of hoarder tendencies and I read this 
feng shui book. And I mean, I, I shouldn't even mention it because I feel like you could go on a tangent about shui for a long time. Next week. But Next week. I read this book and it actually made me feel like very motivated. So like all throughout the week, I've been getting rid of some things and decluttering. I even what's, text- what's the book? It is called, oh my God, clear. It's called like Clear Your Clutter with Feng Shui. Okay. I I think I, Becca from, it's so confusing. Becca from Ari season of The Bachelor. Becca Becca, Martinez. Becca Martinez. She she mentioned it on her Instagram story. And I just downloaded the ebook that day. And then finally I read it and I, I don't know, I just felt, it made me feel very motivated. So I have no plans this weekend and I'm really looking forward to doing some more decluttering. Hey, the only, I love it. The only thing at the end of the book, they started, she started talking about cleansing your colon. Oh, I mean, nah, nah. It kind of took a turn for me there. Cause I'm like, I'm just talking about, you know, getting rid of my possessions. And I, you know, my, my, I, I'm maybe my colon's not fine, but I, just, I, I follow an influencer who regularly gives herself, coffee enemas and I'm just like mm, it's bridge too far for me yeah um not about it dude I gotta wrap this up because I'm hungry yeah and I mean I'm sure you have a big busy weekend ahead of you you know moving into your new home yes but if you've made it this far with us, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and review it. Apple Podcasts, it makes a world of difference. Also, if you're somebody who's just listening to support us, but you don't really like Survivor, I'm sure you know somebody who does. Maybe you're a kooky aunt. Not that my aunts are kooky. That's not why I said that. I don't know why I said that. Oh. Just <laughs> anyone, anyone that you know um, that you think might like it, we'd really appreciate it. It really makes a difference for a new podcast like ours. We're also on Instagram and Twitter. We'll put our handles in the show notes and feel free to follow us there. We're sharing, we share funny memes, jokes, lols, you name it. All right, Ashley, have a good week. Always a pleasure discussing Survivor with you. Absolutely. Um, I hope you have an easy weekend with your move and I am looking forward to come visiting you. And the next time we record an episode, you will have gone on your bike. Um. Okay, I guess. Accountability. You said it on the show. Oh, my God. Hopefully no you pressure, forget. Whatever. Do what you want. I should, no, I should. I should, I should use it. I, 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 paid a, I paid a pretty penny for it. All right. Well, bye, everyone. Have a great week. Bye, everyone. Bye.